John chapter 6 verse 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church. You are in for an uplifting time in God's word. Enjoy the message. We thank you, O Lord God Almighty, because of your wonderful love for us. You give us your word to give us direction, correction, encouragement, and truly how to walk with you and to work with you. Bless the reading and the sharing of your word to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I like the book of Psalms, and if you've been following our attempt to preach on it so far, there's something that I want you to get. You see, life is a school. Many people go through school and they do what they call CPP, chew, pour, pass. If I may like, if you like, I'll add F. Chew, pour, pass, forget. So they go to school, they don't know what they have learned, and then when they pass the exam, you may test them on the same thing and they have nothing to say about it. That is why these days, the emphasis is on critical thinking, solving problems, doing things that are practical, and doing things that you enjoy. In our walk with God, it is like that. We are to learn the lessons that God is teaching us. And he takes us through hills, through valleys. All kinds of things happen to us. But most of us do not learn the lesson. And a wise man said, those who do not learn from history are bound to repeat the mistakes of others. Or when you learn from others, you become wiser. The book of Psalms is a book that records the interaction that people had with God. Then they go back and reflect and write poetry. And David was one of those key people. He loved God. And he had no doubt about the faithfulness and love of God for him. So whatever happened to him, he'll go back and say, Lord, this is the lesson, and plead with him. Psalm 6 is one of those psalms that is titled, A Prayer of Faith in Time of Distress. Say, oh Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are troubled. My soul is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver me. O save me for your mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In the grave, who will give you thanks? I am weary with my groaning. All night I make my bed swim. I drench my couch with my tears. My eyes waste away because of grief. It grows old because of all my enemies. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. For the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all my enemies be ashamed and greatly troubled. Let them turn back and be ashamed suddenly. I dedicate this to those who 
are Christians. They walk with the Lord. They're servants of God. And yet things are happening that they do not seem to understand. Maybe you just lost a spouse. You are feeling lonely. Maybe you are sick. You prayed about it and nothing seems to be working. And you're wondering, why am I suffering? Maybe you don't have the resources. You are weak financially, weak emotionally. Maybe your only child has gone wayward. Maybe you're married, don't have children. There are a lot of things that people go through even when they are Christians. And there are people who can say directly that I think or I know that what I'm going through is a punishment from the Lord. Well, David's prayer in Psalm 6 will help you. It goes along four lines. So let's just see. First, there's a prayer for relief from suffering. Then we also see prayer for deliverance. Thirdly, there's a lament over illness. But the last part of it is assurance of restoration. You find these movements in this psalm, where the psalmist is acknowledging that he is in trouble. So in verses 1 and 3, verses 1, 2, and 3, prayer for relief from suffering. The man is suffering. What is he suffering from? Say, oh Lord, do not punish me in your anger and ask for mercy. You see, what is mercy? I like referring to this theme often. Mercy is not getting the punishment you deserve. You know you've done something wrong. Recently, there have been some discussions in this country because it's a court case. I will not go into the details. But if somebody is supposed to go to prison for 10 years and the person has pleaded, 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 and is given one year, you will say they've given him mercy. He has mercy because he deserved 10 years. So mercy is knowing that you've done the wrong thing, but you didn't get the punishment you deserved. The psalmist is saying, Lord, don't punish me in your anger. I'm asking you for mercy. Don't punish me because I know I deserve it. And what I deserve is really, really mercy. Not justice. You see, justice will give you what you deserve. If you need to go to hell, you go to hell. If you need to be fined, you are fined. If you need to be killed, you are killed. But I deserve mercy. He said, pity me, Lord, for I am weak. Heal me, for my body is sick. You see, he, he's feeling so sick that whatever he did, he's already sick from it. Sickness may be emotional. The sickness may be psychological. He's already sick. So, Lord, have pity on me. Sickness can discourage people more than anything else because you are puzzled. Something is not going on. So this psalmist is asking for sympathy. Say, I am weak. My soul is greatly troubled by you, O Lord, how long? He's upset, filled with gloom, and he asks to be restored. As Christians, we need to concentrate and dedicate ourselves anew. Remember, the Lord is interested in our life. He's interested in our needs. His heart is touched with our feelings, with our sicknesses, with our everything that goes on in this life. He knows all about us. He knows more about us than we know about ourselves. So the psalmist just goes before him now and says, Lord, I am in distress. I'm in distress. I'm in distress. So Lord, help me. Now, he moves from there 
to ask for something specific. He's asking for deliverance. From verse 4 and 5, this is an earnest prayer for deliverance. He gave two reasons why God should answer him. One is that the Lord should rescue him because of God's unfailing love. God has shown himself again and again and again to rescue people who cry to him. He's a God of mercy. God's covenant love with his people. So David is pleading for deliverance based on God's character. That God loves holiness, God loves, God is righteous, God is kind. But when you sin against him and you ask for forgiveness, God would forgive you if you are sincere. Then he said the second reason the Lord should turn to him is because I'm not able to praise you. I can't praise you in the grave. If he died because of the illness, then he will not be able to praise God. And God should deliver him so that he will be alive to praise him. You see, God created us to worship him. So David reasoned that if God desires someone to stand in a sanctuary and proclaim that God can deliver him and sing and dance, he is the one. And I like that. There are people who know some secrets, who, who know why they are alive, who know the purpose of living, who can converse with God, who can talk to God, who can, I may say jokingly, almost convince God. Hear what he's saying. Oh God, look, save me because you are, you are a kind God. Yes, I've done the wrong thing. I need mercy, not justice. Lord, I beg you. Okay? Yes, my husband is dead. My wife is dead. I'm suffering. I've lost my job. I'm depressed. Lord, I've said things I shouldn't have said. But Lord, forgive me because you are a faithful character. Lord, I'm sick. But don't let me die out of this sickness. Verse 5 is what he said. For in death, there is no remembrance of you. In the grave, who will give you thanks? The man is saying, Lord, you need people. You need me to be alive to give you thanks, to give you praise, to give you worship. Okay, now let me ask you. There are some people who pray some prayers to God. And put yourself in God's shoes if you can. Lord, give me money. Lord, give me a husband. Lord, give me a wife. Lord, give me this and that. The question is this. When God gives you those things, what will you do with them? Oh, money may mean more wives or more husbands, more houses, more cars, and excuse me to say, more foolishness. So that's what you need it for. But not David. He said, Lord, I want to live because I want to continue to what? Give thanks to you, worship you, witness for you, tell people that even though I'm a king, I can worship you, I can serve you. Hallelujah. Oh, can you change your prayer language? Can your motives change? The reason why you want to be alive when another birthday comes. Lord, I thank you for another age that I'm not consumed. I'm not, I'm not dead yet. I can continue to praise you. Lord, thank you for this promotion. Lord, thank you for this job. Thank you for this money. Thank you for this house. Thank you for this car. Thank you for my life. Thank you for my family. How can I use all of those things to give a testimony of your goodness? Lord, if I go to the grave, if you kill me, if I'm dead, nobody speaks in the grave. I cannot manufacture anything. I cannot be productive. Here is somebody, I can say, almost, almost blackmailing God. And when God knows that you are serious, when God knows that you haven't finished the task, when God knows that he needs you, you are truly committed to him, he will work wonders for his namesake. So you can tell 
Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they put them in prison. Instead of being there and complaining, complaining, Lord, we witnessed, Lord, we did deliverance, Lord, and they have put us in prison. They were praising God and worshiping him, and the angels joined them and shattered every shackle there so that they can go on and praise God. In their distress, they turned to God and worshiped him. But he, he, had, he, he admitted something, that, Lord, I can, I'm alive. If I die young, I cannot praise you. And there are various ways of praising God. You can praise God by singing. You can praise God by praying to him. You can praise God by testifying. You can worship him in all these ways. And God will be happy with you. That is what the psalmist learned, that he can always come before God in distress. But he says something eventually about his pain. And this should give you an idea of what he's going through. For you to know that you are not alone in what you go through. Look at the verse 6. Psalm 6, verse 6. I am weary with my groaning. All night I make my bed swim. I drench my couch with my tears. Hmm. Yeah, he's using hyperbole or exaggeration to just express to us how he feels. In the psalm, there's a lot of poetry, and poetry uses language, poetic language. Say, I am weary, I am tired from just groaning. Groaning is when you, don't, you, you can't even speak. All you do is make some noise. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Say, all night long, I make my bed swim. Can you imagine it? He weeps so much that there's water in his room and the bed is swimming. Oh, you may have seen the videos recently of the floods that overtook us in Ghana. Went to people's homes, kiosks were washed away, cars were washed away. The psalmist is saying, that's how much I weep. It is my weeping that has become the water in which my bed is floating. Friends, have you wept to that extent? Can you imagine the grief of this person? And who is he crying to? He's telling God, say, I drench, I drench my couch with my tears. Oh, you are not alone. God desires to hear our prayer. God knows your pain, and you can express anything to him. But in verses 8 to 10, this psalmist turns to God and again asks God to do something that only God can do for him. And what is he asking God? Lord, I am saying, I need you. Lord, I need you. Look at verse 8 to 10. He does not give up on God. He's unforgiving. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity, for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. So he's here speaking to himself. He's here speaking to his imaginary enemies. Depart from me, you who are taunting me. You know God is punishing me, so you are laughing. You see, but I am in good hands because God will not, will not destroy me. I'm alive to keep his commandment. I'm alive to serve him. I'm alive even if something happens. Like the, 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 the writer said, do not rejoice over me, my enemies. For when I fall, I'll rise again. So he says, depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. For the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Come, can you, can you underline the Bible 
what he's sure the Lord will do for you. See, when we were in school, there was a big boy who, who liked us. Two of us were, were the smallest boys in our class. And somebody who was our senior, he liked us. So he told us, anytime anybody wants to bully you or has bullied you, tell them. You report them to Senior Kofi. And people feared Senior Kofi. So sometimes when they are getting near there, we said, please, I beg you, whatever you want me to do, let us do it. We'll be glad to do it. He said, no, 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 no. Do this, do this. And I said, please. Uh, Senior Kofi said, hey, are you the Kofi's boys? Then they will not bully us again. Because Kofi was a big fighter and everybody knew about him. God is bigger than Senior Kofi. He's bigger than any boxer that you can ever think about. So, Psalmist, David is boasting about him. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity, all those who are laughing at me, all those who set the trap for me, because I know the Lord, he has heard my voice. He's a prayer answering God. He has heard me. The Lord has heard my supplication. I'm pleading for mercy. God has heard me. The Lord will receive my prayer. He has no doubt about God receiving his prayer. Oh, some people say, I pray to God. It doesn't even go above the roof. It doesn't go anywhere. God doesn't hear me. No, no, no. The only way God will not hear you is if you have sinned, unconfessed sin in your life, and you will not confess it. And you will not say, Lord, I've sinned against you. You see, it says, First John 1, 8 and 9, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. But when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he said, the Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all my enemies be ashamed and greatly troubled. Let them turn back and be ashamed suddenly. So here is a psalmist talking about the Lord. The Lord would again hear his prayer and the Lord is able to deliver him. He's confident. He's turning to his adversaries, his enemies. He's exhorting them to depart from him because he's confident that God has heard his prayer and will deliver him. His final prayer is that all those who persist as his enemies will be put to shame. He wanted the dismay and disgrace he felt at their hands to be turned back on them. You see, they do things sometimes to just confuse you. But in Psalm 7 verse 2, he says, Lest they tear me like a lion, rending me in pieces, while there is none to deliver. God, don't allow this to happen. Don't allow this to happen because I am your child. So what are we learning? Through the agony of suffering, the righteous can be confident that God will hear their weeping and answer their prayers for deliverance. So let's go back and see for a recap what David is saying here, what he's saying about answered prayer. He's asking for sympathy. The psalmist is asking for sympathy from the Lord. He's asking for sympathy because he knows something is happening to him. Do not rebuke me in your anger, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am weak. Yes, he may have done something that is wrong, but Lord, have pity on me. Heal me, for my bones are troubled. My soul is greatly troubled. 
But you, O Lord, how long? How long will you punish me? So he accepts that he may have done something wrong. He accepts that he's been wrong. As a human being, he fell into sin, he fell into trouble. But Lord, how long will you continue to punish me? Lord, have mercy on me. So he's asking for sympathy. The problem is that there are many of us, when we are wrong and it's pointed out to us by God, by his preachers, by his prophets, by teachers, what do we do? Instead, we complain. The psalmist said, I would not. I just want God to come through for me. Remember, God is interested in what you need. His heart is touched with your feelings, with your weaknesses, with your sicknesses. He knows all about you. He knows you through and through. So you cannot hide from him. Remember in Psalm 139, we'll look at it one of these days. He said, where can I hide from your spirit? I cannot hide from your spirit. When I say I'm going to the skies, you are there. When I say I'm going to the bowels of the earth, you are there. Wherever I go, you are there. Even before a word is formed on my lips, you already know it. So God, I cannot. So I will talk to you about my need. What a man who can confront his sins, confront his enemies, and boast about his God. And say, Lord, you are a prayer answering God. But you see, the purpose for asking for mercy from God and not justice, the purpose for asking for healing from God, the purpose for asking God to roll the sins of your heart away is so that you may be alive to save him. You need, Lord, I need your kindness. I need your pardon because I need to be on the ball for you. Let me read for you verses 4 and 5. Verses 4 and 5. Return, O Lord, deliver me. O save me for your mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In the grave, who will give you thanks? Yes. It's reminding God that he created you for a purpose. Nobody creates anything and would like to destroy it unless they want to use it for something else. So, friends, that is one of the secrets you and I must know. You are meant to function in a way that will bring glory to God. So anything that is not making you function as God made you to be, or that is not making you function as you have descended, God wants you to function, whether spiritually, physically, emotionally. Say, Lord, help me. Let me achieve that target. There was this man who felt that God wanted him to run an orphanage. And the man didn't have money, but he felt the burden that God wanted him to run an orphanage. So he took the step of faith. Say, God, okay, these children have been left by their parents. They have died because of HIV and AIDS. You want me to do something about it? I've toiled, I've struggled, I've struggled, I've struggled, and yet the burden is not going away. Okay, I'll take a few, and I'll see how you provide. And his testimony is that when he reached out, he said, look, I don't have much, but I'm opening my house for these children to show them the love of God. I don't have much, but whatever I have, I'll share. His testimony is that in answer to prayer, the neighbors came, delivered bread, delivered milk, delivered all that he needed to take care of these orphans. Hallelujah. Yes, because he is alive. He's acting on a prompting by the Holy Spirit. 
See? Because if I die, if those children die, what can they do? So people will go to the orphanage, and these children will be telling them, God is good, we had no hope, we had no joy, we had no purpose, we're uneducated, we're in the streets, people were beating us, they were treating us like animals, but today, see what we have become. See what the Lord has done with me. See what the Lord has done through his servant. Why? Because somebody knew his purpose. So, even though you go through all of those things, bounce back and say, Lord, cause me to live that I would give glory and honor to your name. So as we bring this sermon or teaching to a close, remember one thing. The psalmist could confidently pray this because he knows that our God is a prayer answering God. And let me ask you, do you have that relationship with God? You see, God created the world. Everything that is in the world as we see it was created because God wanted it to be there. He spoke and things came into being. So as you desire anything, you speak. And if it is in the will of God, he will give it to you. If not, then it means he thinks something better is what you should be asking for or it's not the, the, the time is not yet. So never give up on him. And even if you think that your suffering is a punishment from God, if, however you choose to uh, draw that conclusion, if that is what you think, be bold to tell him, I'm suffering because I think I've sinned against you. Therefore, repent, and the Lord will forgive you. But above all, when you're asking for all of those things, remember your purpose for living is to live a purposeful life, a life that is meaningful, where you read the word of God, where you share the word of God, where you give a testimony of the love of God and his goodness, where you be the husband he wants you to be, the employer he wants you to be, the politician you need to be, the teacher he wants you to be, and all that God has meant you to be in his house, in the world, and in your family. I tell you, God wants his people to come to him. And as I said from the beginning, life may throw things at you, but it is our duty to learn the lessons and come out better and better and better. So the things that hit us are taking out the chaff from us. So I'll become pure like gold that is purified. We'll become pure like a dress, dirty dress that had been washed and laundered. You become pure like a car that has been taken to the washing bay and they wash the dirt away. So I become sparkling for the Lord. You become shining for the Lord, for all to say, I say, who is this child of God? If this is your prayer, your need today, I'm praying with you that the Lord will cause his word to shine through you, that you show a testimony of a victorious Christian who is not overcome by circumstances, but who overcomes to the glory of God. But if you do not know this God as your Lord and Savior, can you cry to him, Lord, today I accept you as the captain of my life. Holy Spirit, come and live within me so that you will guide me and direct me that whatever happens, I'll find myself in your kingdom as I walk with you every day. Thank you, Father, for answering my prayer. If you pray this prayer, 
contact us. We'll be able to help you. Or go to any Bible teaching church where you tell them you have made a decision for Christ and let them help you walk with the Lord. He is a prayer answering God. In a sincere prayer, the Lord will answer. Stay blessed. Until sometime again, this is Pastor Fred Digby saying shalom from Calvary Baptist Church. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Degbe. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyle Filling Station. Our Amasamine campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamine Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via CalvaryBaptistGhana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.